Ah, the life of actors and actresses kissing in the spotlight. So I feel like sometimes people from the outside are like, oh, they just get to kiss all of these really attractive people. Even though it's part of their job, it doesn't mean it's not awkward. You don't want to be creepy. Like, I'm always worried if we were just like going for it, am I like touching you in the wrong place? While in many cases there's been accidental uneasiness, in others, predators have taken advantage. The casting couch isn't a rumor, that stuff was 100% true. The Time's Up and hashtag MeToo movements have brought to light the need for intimacy direction of which ECU is taking a leading role. So I've been doing a variation of this work for quite some time and being in a movement discipline really helps too because you really can help actors move bodies through space. I'm Rich Clindworth and this is episode five of Talk Like a Pirate. We're joined now with Jill Mattarelli Carlson who is an associate professor in ECU's School of Theater and Dance along with ECU students and co-stars of the recent production of Into the Woods, Gabrielle Goodman and Wayne Richardson. They're both acting students and are pursuing their bachelor's of fine arts degrees here at ECU. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you bet. Thank, Thank you. you. Gabrielle and Wayne, you two share a kiss in Into the Woods. Yes. It looks like a passionate kiss. So tell me, what's that like? It's acting. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we both have to kind of get into the headspace of our characters and kind of leave our own lives behind us and just kind of act in the moment there so we can have a passionate kiss on stage. And then we can take a step back afterwards and I guess just kind of tap out and... Oh, it's just Wayne. Yeah, go. it's just Gabby. <laughs> it's just Wayne. It wasn't really awkward when we did it. I mean, we're both adults. We've kissed people before. And the song just really calls for it. We sing a song together called It Takes Two. It's rediscovering our love for each other and our marriage. And it's just, it, it's a very sweet song. And so the passion kind of comes with it. What's the best way to prepare for a kissing scene? Breath mints, gum, breath spray, <laughs> brushing teeth? Yes. <laughs> I mean, definitely. <laughs> be a good partner and don't try to disgust your kissing partner. Yes, be self-aware. If you think you smell, if you've gone to the gym before rehearsal, check yourself. Smell yourself. <laughs> it is part of an intimacy director's kit as well to make sure that you have breath mints available. And, and if we're talking about film, a whole other kit of things. Barriers, modesty garments, there's all kinds of, of amazing things. And talk to your partner about open mouths. Don't just surprise them. Right. Don't do that's, that. Yeah, that's some of the detail and communication that we have, right? Uh, we never... You mean open mouth kiss? Yeah. There can be an open mouth kiss, but we never do tongue. There's no reason for it. The audience can't see it. There's a lot of protocols and procedures and things in place when we talk about like actually the mechanics of actually doing the lip push together right i once went in thinking you know we're just mm, just kiss that's it they came in trying to eat me and i was like ah <laughs> and that was your reaction on stage i did not say anything i just kept it in my mind for later times yeah. <laughs> for data well this is a good time to start talking about intimacy direction Jill, how would you characterize it? We could call it a revolution. Uh, I, we I almost call said it, revolution, but yeah. But yeah, it, yeah, it really is. Uh, it happened in that sort of way because of the circumstances in the industry. The people that uh, started Intimacy Directors International had a, I think, had a sort of game plan of to spread this throughout, you know, our, our industry over time and like really teach, re-educate, like, hey, there's better ways to do this. They formed right around the time that a bunch of things happened all at once. There was the Harvey Weinstein scandal, then the Time's Up movement. This is 
all around the same time as the Me Too, hashtag Me Too movement. And in the theater world, we had the Profiles theater scandal that happened in Chicago. And then uh, as a result of that, the Not In Our House movement and the Chicago theater standards were developed. All of this converged all around the same time. So Intimacy Directors International formed and like had a plan. And then like a couple days later, HBO was on the phone going, hey, can you help us with this? We've got this show called The Deuce. Big cultural sea change moment. And that has caused it to grow exponentially in a rather short amount of time, considering. So what is it? If you're talking about theater, you have an intimacy director for theater. And if you're talking about film, that's a, a little bit of a separate culture. There's only one director on a film set. So you have an intimacy coordinator for film. They're really advocating for the actors. And often on film, what they are doing is often more graphic than what we are doing on stage. That doesn't mean that there aren't shows that have a full sex scene on stage as well. It is simulated, of course, scenes of intimacy. That can be everything from like a full simulated sex scene to a familial relationship. A relationship between a mother and child might be extremely intimate, um, depending on the circumstances that we're talking about. So it really is an umbrella that covers so many different aspects of human experience. And when we're talking about asking actors to do those things, we need to be respecting what their own person personal boundaries are and make sure that they have a voice in what they're being asked to do and what is choreographed. I understand that there are several pillars that go along with intimacy direction. Context, what's the story we're telling? Communication, making sure that's all, all clear and facilitated. Consent, making sure everyone involved is on board with enthusiastic yes and that it's reversible. Choreography, so we have the structure. And then closure practices to make sure we are going into the work as professionals and coming out of the work as professionals. Before intimacy direction, how did you do a kissing scene or a love scene or any type of intimate scene? So a, a number of potential options could be available there. Ranging from the director looking at the actors and going, look, you two go figure this out. That director maybe not wanting to be feel creepy by going, oh, you know, maybe place your hand on her thigh or something like that, right? When you're on the inside of a scene, you have a really hard time knowing what it looks like from the outside. So you, the, often actors were okay at navigating those moments between the two of them, but it's awkward and it's helpful to have somebody there to kind of help and guide that. But also that's assuming neither of those actors was a predator. That's a, a nightmare situation in that scenario. Or sometimes a director might turn to somebody like me who was maybe your fight choreographer or your movement coach and say, hey, can you help them with this? So I'd been intimacy directing for a long time, using my best instincts for, you know what, this should be the same every time. Let's make sure it's choreographed. When we're talking about intimacy work. You're really kissing. You're really touching. Our bodies are designed to respond to that. Even though we've got choreography in place, there may be residual, like, confusing feelings left over from that. This is where showmances come from. It, it can often be an unfortunate situation because maybe those two people have relationships outside of this that are now ruined. But also, you're basing a romantic relationship on fictional circumstances. The feelings are real. The circumstances that created them are not. And so it's very important to help actors have check and check out techniques. None of that was real. Let me shake those feelings off. The good feelings and the bad feelings need to stay on the stage because you don't want that stuff bleeding over into your real life. Now, if the two people in the scene really like each other, I often say, look, if you have relationship feelings here that you would like to explore, do it outside of the rehearsal process. It is possible that two people could be attracted to each other and want to have a relationship. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you want it based on something real as opposed to something fictional. What would be the best way for you to equate the importance of intimacy direction? It is extremely important to have just as much of a process for intimacy 
intimacy as we have for fight direction. We all understand that that's very dangerous and that somebody could get seriously hurt, potentially killed. Like that's horrifying, right? We have been asking actors essentially to do that with intimacy, right? Like saying, okay, you two go figure this scene out. If we're not talking about it and communicating clearly, somebody can feel that they're being victimized and nobody should have to feel victimized at work, ever. There's always the rumor that's out there, the stories about the casting couch and that sort of thing. How important is this having an intimacy coordinator, knowing that there's a young actor or young actress that doesn't have to go into that realm of the casting couch, so to speak? It's extremely important for me as someone who's sending young folks out into the profession. The casting couch isn't a rumor. That stuff was 100% true. And I'm sure it's still happening in some areas where the people in power have been able to manipulate it. The culture is definitely changing because a lot of prominent actors have stood up and said, this is not acceptable, that this is the Time's Up movement, right? And so they really are fighting back against that. This kind of stuff has been allowed to thrive for so long because of the nature of casting and the power inherent in somebody like a director or a producer, like if you say no to them, they can make sure you don't have a career in the industry you want to be a part of. When nefarious people are in power, really bad things happen. When you have that kind of clout, it is really difficult for an actor to advocate for themselves and say, you know what, I'm getting hurt in this scene, or you know what, I'm not comfortable with this, I don't want to do this, because then the perception is you'll never be cast again, there's 20 people waiting outside in the hall to take your place. That kind of coercive pressure is really challenging. And in an industry where we don't know when our next job is coming along, we have to audition. We have to audition for everything. Previous to this work, the perception was, I, I as the actor, I pretty much have to say yes to everything. You can say no and also be good to work with. <laughs> you know, like those two things aren't mutually exclusive. And even for directors that had no ill intentions, because of the power that comes with that position, they inadvertently, when they ask something, an actor is gonna wanna say yes, whether the true answer to that question is yes or not. And so that's where an intimacy director can step in, talk with the director about exactly what they want, talk with the actors about what they feel confident going forward with, and everybody gets the story they want. Wayne and Gabrielle, whenever she talks about that, the casting couch, hey, we can get someone else. What goes through your minds? I can say as a woman that hearing about all that stuff is quite terrifying and it makes you not not, not want to be an actress, but it does make you pause. But it has been really encouraging seeing so many women advocate for each other, the Time's Up and the Me Too and things like that. And it's not just the big corporations doing these things. There are like indie films that sometimes get a little out of hand because they're indie and they feel like it's more intimate and they can do whatever they want. Fortunately, I haven't been in those situations. It is pretty scary hearing about that and I'm glad that we are actively making efforts to change that. I'm still like in my BFA training, getting my degree, so I've never been seeing any type of situation like that. It's a scary thought. I'm just glad that we're making an effort to make actors more comfortable in the real world, you know? What exactly are we doing here at ECU? We ha recently had an intimacy workshop, and then we are doing intimacy directing as well? Yes, we brought in Intimacy Directors International, and they did an intimacy workshop for both our faculty and our acting and theater students and our dance students as well. And we got some of the film area involved, and we opened this up to all of the College of Fine Arts and Communication, just really spreading the word and getting this information out there for folks. And then for what we 
we do at ECU Productions. I am an apprentice with Intimacy Directors International, and I will pretty quickly be applying for Intimacy Director status. But we've been doing this stuff for yes, and yeah, and I and I mean again, I've been the movement coach and fight director here since 2004. So I've been doing a variation of this work for quite some time, and being in a movement discipline really helps too, because you really can help actors move bodies through space. So Wayne, the thing that you have said before that you like really like about intimacy direction is that you know exactly what's going to happen and it takes away any worries that you're doing something wrong or the spirit of the scene moved you to do something and it might have appeared to cross the line. Yes, because actual intimacy is very spontaneous and impulsive and you're trying to create the illusion of that. But when you don't want to be creepy if we were just like going for it i would always be worried that am i like touching you in the wrong place or does this look good to the audience or something is this telling the right story when you actually block it out and we have that discussion of is this comfortable with you okay that's good okay we're going to do that let's solidify that right now then as an actor you can just go full throttle 100 percent acting energy with it, make it seem impulsive, make it seem like it's a deliberate choice, and then you're not thinking about, oh, I hope I'm not making them uncomfortable. You're you're thinking about telling the story. And without intimacy direction, have any of the three of you ever had those situations where you felt, uh, I, I don't really like this? Yeah, absolutely. And also from, from the other side of that, we are taught a lot of times in acting training to go with our impulses. What's your impulse? Go with the impulse. We want it to be authentic. And you can inadvertently cross lines with people by doing that, especially with regards to intimacy. Another thing that we're trying to do with intimacy direction, like we're not trying to blame anybody. Like this is sort of what we'd been doing up to the point. Now we have a better codified way to do it. Let's all do better now. It's gotta be though awkward the first time you kiss someone on stage, because this is not the first time you two have kissed someone on stage, correct? Yes. (laughs) It is a little awkward. Like we were, I think we were both very professional about it, but there always is that kind of awkward feeling of like, okay, I'm gonna kiss you now, are you okay with that? I always get weird like, do they think I'm like a bad kisser? <laughs> like, I don't want them to think I'm like bad, even though they don't even know me, like I don't, shouldn't even care. But is it weird kissing in front of everybody? That's not as weird for me because I'm used to performing and telling stories it would probably be weird if Wayne was like, hey, want to practice outside of rehearsal? Yeah. <laughs> then I'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> if it was to bother someone, it's kind of like you're in the moment with that actor as the character, and the characters don't know that there's 500 people watching them. <laughs> They're just in the moment with themselves. Is it difficult for you to be in that moment and then turn it off as soon as the curtain comes down, I guess? At this point in my training, it's not difficult for me to do that. Maybe four years ago, it would be, I feel like I would have a little bit more trouble. I mean, Gabby and I are both in the professional acting concentration here, and we do two years of our Meisner training, which is basically every day you go in fake given circumstances that you have to believe where the stakes are high. We've gone through like having to do that every day. Being vulnerable and then having to step in front of a of bunch it. of people is 
your everyday job. If that's your homework is, hey, can you come in and think about your dying mother and cry in front of all your peers? Oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. What is your process of being able to let it go? I think it's having specific circumstances for yourself that you are pulling yourself into. What you're doing in the show is you're putting yourself in a circumstance that's like different than your life circumstance so then you can just take a step out of that and go back to this is just Gabby <laughs> this is just my friend Gabby um yeah I'd agree with that I mean the, the show that where we have to be married is so fantastical even though there are a lot of things that are very relatable to life it's still a fairy tale so that makes it even easier to be like oh like we, we don't even our characters don't even have names it's so easy to be like oh yeah that was that and this is right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it might sound bizarre, but you have another kiss. Is there guilt as part of that? Does that come up as part of being in the character that you're kissing someone else and not Wayne? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is sometimes because you have to convince yourself to be in love with this actor and be in lust with this other actor. And it can sometimes be a lot, but once again, it's all pretend. Significant others. What is that like having a significant other and kissing someone on stage? It's weird. Um, <laughs> you just have to have clear communication with your significant other. Well, first, I guess getting into the relationship, it might be something that they would like to know. Hey, I'm an actor. Sometimes I'm going to be put in situations where in fictional circumstances, I'm going to be kissing somebody else. Just have a communication with your partner about that, and then I think everything should be fine. If you're, if you're just clearly communicating what is happening, this is all fictional, and then you can take a step back. And you're in a relationship though right now, correct? Mm -hmm. So yes. has that been difficult? It hasn't been difficult. I've just had to make conscious steps to be a good communicator with my girlfriend about what's going on. Obviously, like that's weird being on the outside, knowing, hey, my boyfriend is going to kiss a girl at rehearsal. Like, what, what does that all mean right now? It's something that we just have to talk about with each other. Last year, you shared a kiss on the stage as well. Is it the same girlfriend? Yes. So, okay, so yeah. she's been through this before. She's been through it. There are certain people who are not as cool with that, which is totally fine, but I think it's just you need to have that discussion of your boundaries when getting into a relationship. The reality of that is so different from the perception. Like there's folks everywhere, just move your hip this way, okay, and then slide on, okay, now if we shift the weight and then, okay, turn your faces a little more towards camera, okay? It's not sexy, like there's, it's just, I, so I feel like sometimes people from the outside are like, oh, they just get to kiss all of these really attractive people. They do it, they have to do it as part of their job, but it should be part of the job. It's not like some sort of perk. Gabrielle, have you had to deal with jealousy when it comes to having to share an onstage kiss? I was actually pretty lucky. I was with someone for about five years, and we had actually met in theater. We were actually husband and wife in a play, and then we liked each other. And so this person had already known what theater was all about. In high school, I had to kiss a lot of different guys. And so I think it was a little bit of jealousy, but nothing to ruin anything. We just had a mutual understanding that, hey, this happens sometimes. Are you cool? And we're like, yeah, of course. 
It's so funny because me and Wayne will have performed for high schoolers a couple of times with that song to promote the show. Uh-huh. And the, the question will always be like, are they dating in real life? And oh my God, they just they kiss. Just kiss. They that kiss, means they something. <laughs> so it's so funny to like a high schooler's perception of just mere mouth touching. <laughs> and they think that that's real. <laughs> Final thoughts on intimacy direction. I'm just so excited about this movement. I feel so much better as an educator sending my students out into the world armed with the knowledge that they have the right to say no, that they have the right to ask for an intimacy coordinator. I love the empowerment that this has given actors. And again, it's not about being difficult. It's about taking care of your instrument and your mental and physical health. That was the best part of the intimacy workshop in my opinion yeah because like i always feel like i gotta just like go with whatever people want me to do and so we just did this very simple game where you just ask to go to someone's spot in a circle and you could say yes or you could say no and for some reason it was just so empowering to be like no you can't come to my spot i don't know it was just and really no awesome. is a gift, right? It's, a gift. it's more dynamic storytelling. It opens up opportunities to be creative. We've been taught that it's this negative thing. It's not. It's actually terrific. That gives us an opportunity to try things in a new way to be creative. I, I, <laughs> I agree yeah. with what all you're saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that seems like a good place to end this. Jill Mattarelli Carlson, Gabrielle Goodman, and Wayne Richardson, thank you all so much for taking part. Thanks thank so much you for having us. This was a lot of fun. Well, that is it for this episode of Talk Like a Pirate. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you've come away with the knowledge and importance of intimacy direction and a better understanding of what it's like to kiss a stranger. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. And don't forget, always be yourself unless you can be a pirate. Then always be a pirate.